Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Honest Pod, um, where each week we pick something to ramble on about. Current events. Personal growth. Catfishing. And negative feedback. I'm Ashton McAllister. And I'm Matthew Ellie. And this is episode 90. Eight. Eight. We've got two more episodes before, well, this episode and one more episode, and then we've done a hundred episodes. This episode, and then another episode, and then another episode will be a hundred episodes now. The one that we do in two episodes. So we've got one more to do after this, and then we've got the hundredth. A hundred episodes. Mad. That's a Mad. lot of vocal time. For yeah, anyone who's listened to all hundred episodes, that's mad. Can you imagine? There's a few people. Someone listened to, remember Jack, he listened to all 90 episodes last year that we had at that point. Yeah. So I don't know if he still listens now, to be fair, but yeah. Back um, to back. Amazing. And some people are just like listening now and, and like starting from like series one and, and which is obviously amazing, but I'm like, fuck, it's going to take such a long time to get there. But I, yeah. I, I'm so down for the dedication. I love it. Dedication. Yeah. So if you're starting now, if you're starting now, which is late February, listening to episode late February 2020, 2021, <laughs> and listening to episode one, we're giving you a shout out now from the future. <laughs> and well, well, well done for getting here. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, for yeah. all that hard work. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's Thank hours you. upon hours upon hours. That's a lot of that. That's, I, yeah, I can't listen to you that long, but. That's okay. You don't have to. I'll leave now. Bye. Bye. That's a good episode. Bye, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've got a great episode in store for you guys today. Today, we've got another special guest. We have got Crystal from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 1 and East London drag queen superstar. She's recently, um, well, when this episode comes out, would have just finished her last episode of a podcast that she began. And so we thought we'd ask a little bit about uh, drag, this podcast, and it's about what makes us queer. So we thought we'd play a little game. Mm. um that they have on the podcast and also just talk a little bit about what makes us queer afterwards and just kind of think about the influences that we'd had growing up yeah for sure her podcast is easily one of I think the nicest cutest little concept of a podcast um that i've ever discovered and not that that i got discovered that matt discovered and told me about <laughs> <laughs> um i can't take credit for that i think matt there was sitting saying like well you didn't discover it bitch but um so thank you matt for enlightening my life with it so if you've never listened to crystal's podcast things that made me queer go listen to that for sure um yeah, you will amazing. not regret it and we have to thank drew again so drew who i keep saying is our producer slash not producer but is um mm. has sorted out he, again drew is a patreon so thank you drew patreon drew Drew's a Patreon. Drew has sourced two of our highest profile guests, Crystal being mm-hmm. one of them, Astina mm-hmm. being the other. I mean, what else can this bitch gave loads of film recommendations? And again, please do your mm-hmm. job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your boss is like, you've um, not been around for a few weeks. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Helping my friend's podcast get bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't pay me, but um, in fact, I pay them to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Drew, obviously, thank you so much. And when these, when these, great people come knocking on our door we can't really say no to them so it's it's great it's great it's great um matt should we talk very quickly about our weeks on the last episode i spoke about a job and interview process and how stressful it was and then i got really disappointing news on the friday just gone that i didn't get the job which is so difficult because a few times now where i've gotten to like the end but i really appreciate the fact that they were the first person to give me what I felt like was actual constructive feedback they've taken the time to let me know some um, you know the difference and stuff which I can use going forward and that's really important because for those of you who may be looking for work um, and or have done in the past it's really difficult to get some really good feedback about you know how you might be able to what you need to do to get a job so I really appreciated that um, and one thing I'm quite proud of actually is I don't know why and I've spoken about stopping like therapy and stuff this would have been a thing where I need to be like I need to have my therapy session I need to use that to sort of bounce back. But I'd gotten the call quite late on Friday. It was like 7.30 p.m., which is obviously really late. And then I felt 
disappointed and still do now to some extent but the bounce back was really really quick like i felt you know like okay well on to the next one these are steps i need to take this is the feedback that i can use going forward and that's it's it's the first time I would say I've used it as fuel or, you know, to help me move forward. So, yeah, that's really disappointing. But let's see what happens. You know, I'm going to keep pushing forward. And when I get a job, hopefully it's the right one and I'm comfortable. Yeah. And I think hopefully the future's brighter now because with Boris's recent announcements of things hopefully coming out of lockdown, albeit 12, 24, 48 weeks away. Um, I think it's 109 days to the 21st of June. We need to be really careful though, because everyone's going to hop onto it. Because I don't mind. I'm glad it's difficult. Because I'm glad we've got a plan, right? Which is something we haven't had so far. But then I also think that they used to tell us things so far in advance without a plan. And then, like Christmas, for example, all of it had to be cancelled. Now we've got a plan for each step, but it says something, 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 no later than April the 12th. Something, 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 no later than the 21st. And mm. people are going to forget about that real quick real real quick and then be like well you said the 12th of april when we need to make sure that these certain criteria are met so i think you need to manage your expectations as well yeah i think apparently all these uh flight prices have gone skyrocketed because everyone's booking flights now for after the 21st of june so <laughs> it's like the travel companies are going to make a mint how's your week been week's been good um <laughs> another week another injury in my case i hurt my back a couple of weeks ago um my it top of my back walking wasn't it walking that, that her top my hurt the top of my back from cycling and running um and then the other day i hurt the bottom of my bike back from walking yeah cycling and walking it's intense so. sports you need to stop <laughs> I, need to, I need to go back to doing something easy like crossfit um you might be the first person in the world to hurt their upper back from cycling well no you hunt over you quite a lot you've got very bad posture i have bad i have terrible posture um nothing else really uh just recently literally before we started recording found out that somebody's been using my pictures to catfish people so i need to get on the back of that so thank you listener for um, who said the other catfish story i don't think i told it on here did i i was somebody had used my some other person had used my pictures on Instagram, but they didn't use my face pictures. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they, they use my name. They use pictures of the dog. They use pictures I've taken in Ireland and London. Just not my face pics. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know whether to be complimented or insulted by this. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely insulted. Because um, they yeah. had face pictures of someone else, though. That's the thing. It's not like they didn't <laughs> they have did, any face yeah. pictures. They had face pictures of someone else, but then in your life. Yeah, you put on yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just ugly, but I have a good life. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to message this person now and get to the bottom of this catfishing. I think I need to apply to Instagram to get a blue tick. No, I mean, the only other thing I wanted to talk about quickly this week is um, one of our very early listeners. And if you're one of those people listening way back to the first episodes, you'll remember that this um, lady uh, who I went to school with, said that she listened to the podcast and what makes it stand out and I think Matt and I both agreed at the time is she said she she said that she didn't think she'd be the type of person this podcast was aimed at as um as a straight woman but you know she loved it and she gave us a shout out um uh and you know we we said back then it's like people like that who listen to to stories and narratives outside what they're exposed to on a daily basis is what really helps spread a positive message for any minority. You know, I, I think she's I'd definitely be so not... interested in how many straight women we have, because I think we've got a few, you know. So this lady, her name is Emma Pratt. Um, Emma Pratt has multiple scler sclerosis, and I'll pronounce that wrong because I'm an idiot, um, which is a neurological condition um, which affects the brain and spine, and it, will, it can lead to serious disabilities. She's actually been accepted into due to some... Uh, Procedures over in Mexico. Um, she got the confirmation that she was accepted, and she has a certain time frame to raise the money to go there and have these procedures. Um, so she's been she set up a GoFundMe page uh, with a target of forty thousand pounds. So it's going to cost a lot of money, but within the first week, she's already raised twenty four thousand, twenty five thousand, rounding up. But um, 
as she's a friend of mine, I've known her for years. You know, if you listen to her story, she's she set up a, a specific Instagram page for page for it. Um, you know, she just she just wants to like be able to walk her kids. She's got two young kids, walk the kids down the aisle when they get married. You know, dance at their weddings, do things that a lot of other people might take for granted. So if you're feeling if you're feeling generous, um, it'd be really great if you could just dig deep and you know donate what you can, five pound, ten pound, whatever you feel like you can donate. It'd be really really good. Um, the easiest way to find the page is just to go to Google and say, help Emma get to Mexico for HSCT, and she'll be the first hit up there. So thank you very much, guys. So we are an independent podcast that hopes to grow big, and we would love your support. If you listen and enjoy what we do, there are quite a few ways you can share the love. There is. You can become a Patreon using Patreon. And there are three different levels there that you can support us through. There's the basic P, the sugar daddy P, or the bougie P. Whatever you're feeling, go for it. Uh, We really want to be able to advertise and we want to raise money so we can get good equipment. So getting help from you, our amazing listeners, would make the world of difference. Patreon is a very safe way for you guys to do that it's very simple to use go on there there's a link on our website bob's your uncle another way you can uh support the podcast is by letting others know about honest pod leaving five star reviews and comments on your app gets our voices out there as well and uh, that goes to social media as well so if you enjoyed a particular episode um you can give us a share on your socials we've been using instagram a lot but we're going to start using a bit more of the old school facebook and then twitter for the most part i can't get onto tiktok um that's not my jam. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. Plus, you know, do videos. Um, you may think, and this is really important. So it's happened before when I'd be like, why don't you share it? Because they'll send us a little secret message to us and say, I love your podcast. I'm like, share it. And they say, I've only got five followers, but those five followers are different to who we have, you know? And so we'd mm. love you to share. So whether you have 10 followers or 10,000, just sending those positive energy vibes into the air will help share the love that you have for us and that we have for you. Mm. And to make this easier, we have little templates on the website. You can just literally download the little. We like you said, we do Instagram a lot, so they're spec wise set up for Instagram stories. You can download and just like customize them yourself using the little graphics that you have on Instagram story to say why you liked an episode, what you thought about this conversation. Um, it's all there for you guys, and we love you. And like Matt said, we want to grow. So anything you can do to help support us and help us grow is much appreciated. Thank you so much for those that have been supporting us the whole time. And thank you for our future, mm. future supporters. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Um, it's quite interesting, actually, because Ash had shared with me earlier on um, this week. So we have got feedback this week. Um, mm. normally we have our feedback and it's lovely and positive and amazing and we can work with it. Um, but this was like actually one of our, this was negative. So the person had given us one star out of five and it was important. I, I, I said to Ash, like, I want to just talk about it just a little bit, not to, harp yeah. on, not to, you know, we want feedback and like positive or negative, constructive, non-constructive, whatever we want to consider it, but also, you know, try and do as best what we can with us, with what we do. So yeah. it says it used to be good. This podcast has gone downhill lately. The hosts don't have the maturity or skill to interview guests without making it about themselves. Also, the constant shoehorning of trans issues and BLM has become really tedious. How did you feel when you first saw that uh, feedback, Ash? Well, okay. My reaction was twofold. Um, Firstly, like Matt said, it was a one-star review. We do, we have, I think we we are a five-star review podcast on apple there's a few people who put who has given us one stars or two stars or whatever and that's fine uh I, you know we can't please everyone and i get that but what this part what this person gets credit for is actually rather than just leave a negative review without saying why they didn't like it um they gave us feedback great um but where matt and i differ is, is the second part of my twofold thought process on this is i i go guns blazing um i get angry at this type of stuff because i think as a podcast personally 
as we were recording season three, and I'm just speaking for me here, uh, I was getting, we were in the middle of lockdown and it was getting tedious in my opinion. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, there wasn't, we, we weren't, we weren't living life enough to sit and talk about fun stuff on this podcast. I think the world had gone very negative, um, and with that, I, my head space got very negative. And with the podcast, which I use for escape, um, wasn't something that I was I, not so much enjoying because I think we still covered important stuff, but it just wasn't what used to be. It just became stagnant in my head, just as in I was stagnant in it. Um, so when Matt had the great idea to like. You know, we had, we had a couple of interviews before. Or I, I wouldn't call them interview. I'd call them more chat because we're very much a, a conversationally led podcast. Um, so I don't think we ever interview people. I think we invite people into the conversation. So when Matt had the idea to get more people on to join our conversation, um, it just sparked so much inside me to think this is a, a brilliant idea. Um, who can we get? And yeah, and I, I just think it's it, a, a brilliant idea. What about you, man? My natural inclination with like feedback is to take it to heart, actually. So I'm the opposite. Like, it doesn't really make me angry. I'm like, oh man, I fucked up. But with that in particular, like, there's two parts to this feedback, which I think is important to acknowledge. The first one is the one about how the podcast has changed. And I think, you know, we've, we've done a few episodes now and people are listening. Um, and if you've listened to how we did the podcast before and how we did it now, it is very different. Generally, it was me and Ashley talking about things and topics that we would think about and talk about. And we never had that many people involved that wasn't us two. And now every single week, except for the first one, have we had someone, if not more than one person on the episode. All right. So it's been very, very different. And I think it's really important for us to say outwardly that we acknowledge that it's very different. And the reasons why is we just think it's time to shake it up because we do so many episodes and we are more of a chap cast than a um, a specific way of working we want to play around and see what works and I'm happy to explore so with mm -hmm. that being said I don't mind that we get feedback no I don't mind I think it's important to accept feedback from people that may not like the fact that it's changed because it isn't necessarily what it was before um, but also open to everybody else that may have opinions about this new format that may be because I think personally we have to make content and stuff that we are happy with and I, I'm speaking for myself I'm really enjoying the way that it's going now and getting other people in because um, we find out about other people's stories, not just our own, our own um, ideals. Um, so the, I would encourage anyone, hopefully not a one star review, but maybe if you want to slide into the DMs or send a message just to say, do you know what? I, I thought this was good. I didn't think this was good. Blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. 100%. What I would say is we very, very regularly ask people to get involved in the conversation. Um, to give us ideas, to, you know, if there's topics they want us to cover, to suggest them. Like, it is something that we very much say very regularly on the podcast. So if there is things that you want us to look at, please feel free to get involved. But that's um, a bit different because we don't need to take on those No, things. no, I mean, no, we don't not, have... So we may, we may not. It's our responsibility to make sure that the content is being produced. It's not theirs or anyone else's. Yeah, no, 100%. But what I'm saying is if, if somebody's... Again, this is where you and I would differ because I'd say if somebody's going to come in and say this is crap because it's a one star, I'd say, well, we have, you know, if it's the opportunity is there for you to have a chat with us rather than just leave a negative review, I think, because we always say join the conversation. But that's just my, that's just me. And I, you and I are very different because I go, like I said, for guns blazing, I get like, whew, whew. Um, but the other thing is about, the, I guess, the second part, which is we've been, you know, BLM and trans issues and stuff. Um, when it comes to the actual content and the topics, I think that um, we will pick things that we're interested in that are important to us and they may come up quite often. And I do say BLM quite a lot and I talk about race issues a lot. I don't know necessarily if that will change because we, I want to share messages and stories and talk about the things that are important to me um, as well. And mm. that's that's going to happen. You know, I'm not going to change necessarily the repetitiveness of that because they are issues that needs to be repeated, is what I believe. So it won't be. You know, it may be every week. It might not be. We don't plan it in terms of okay. We had too much. We've spoken too many things about black people. We need to change this. We just be like okay. It actually tends to be whoever we have on. What is your take on what's happening in the world right now? And what is your take on the world right now? And we talk about the same things and just get differing opinions about the topics mm -hmm. that are important to us. And I think that that part will most likely happen again and and will continue to happen. So if you do manage to listen to this episode and anyone else, but you're not sure, 
um that that's gonna happen unfortunately for you but fortunately for us yeah i mean i i took i took issue with the word shoehorning like we're forcing it into the conversation but these are very much important conversations that you know if as a black gay man affects you uh black lives matter affects you you know um and we've we've had instances on this podcast where as a white guy uh, a white gay guy i've taken a very one-sided view on things and i've been educated in a lot of stuff that i'm ignorant towards so um the 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 term shoehorn was a bit odd for me um and yeah like matt says i i agree these are important conversations um we're not going to change that uh if issues come up that we think are necessary to talk about we'll definitely talk about them and you know maybe again and again we might talk about them again and again that's a different thing it's not i think the only way we'll probably change that is when the world changes because that's the importance of these conversations so Mm. But yeah, um, I'll say thank you for the feedback. I'll say that, Ashley, don't worry. Um, And (laughs) we do want feedback. We don't want to have one star reviews. I'll put it out there. I'd love it if they were all five star, but it's not always going to be possible. However, if you feel so inclined and even emotive about it, because shoehorning is, you know, a a kind of judgmental word in that respect. I personally have no problem with that. Don't go to Ashley and we'll just, I'll, I'll just like, you know, we can have a conversation, but if you don't want to, that's no problem as well. Um, but I want to say to wrap it up, we acknowledge that the podcast is different and that we will continue to explore the way that we want to produce this because we do a lot, you know, probably too much sometimes. So we need to try and keep it as interesting as possible. If Grey's Anatomy was the same every single week, it wouldn't have lasted that long. If Madonna didn't change, she wouldn't have lasted as long as she did. Okay. And that's just what we are. We're going to keep on trying to adapt because we want to do the podcast. And the other thing is, is we're going to continue to talk about issues that are important to us and that mm-hmm. come up. Um, and that's just that with that bit. Thank you very much, though, for everyone for listening. And I think yeah. we should get onto our bit with Crystal and talk about being kind and everything that makes us queer. Yay! and welcome back and as we said we've got the lovely crystal with us hello crystal hello thank you so much for having me oh my god welcome. when we found out you were coming it was like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die rich now. <laughs> <laughs> don't die don't die the things are just getting better yeah yeah it's think, really good i think we can retire after this episode can't we matt we've done mic drop <laughs> absolutely i done. mean to be honest there are too many podcasts so we do need to we do need to trim the fat a bit don't we <laughs> it would be so good if halfway through the episode you were like oh my god I didn't realise I was on the fat goodbye and come back <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh shit we're terrible <laughs> Crystal with most of our guests as they come on we'll just um, allow the guests to introduce themselves I'm sure many people know you but maybe some of them are getting to know you so yeah if you just tell us about yourself and who you are sure um, so my name's Crystal I'm a drag artist from Canada and you probably know me best as the hairy transvestite from RuPaul's Drag Race UK how was it being, was there much of a thing about having a hairy chest and being like the East London drag um, going into RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, I think that was like definitely the niche that I was given. But once I was there, no, no one really made a big deal about it. It only occurred to me like three days before I went in. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to ask me to shave and like what I'll do if that happens and blah, blah, blah. There was definitely conversation about it on the judging stage. I don't think. Graham particularly liked it. Rue never really said either way, but I have a feeling probably didn't. Mm. And just because I think Rue has a kind of more, Rue prefers female impersonation, I think, um, based on what I've seen on the show. But Rue never had anything really negative to say about it. And I think Michelle gets it because Michelle kind of understands the full, full spectrum of drag. But no one was like, you need to shave, which is good. Although it probably would have made, well, I think it would have made quite good TV for me to refuse. And and probably that would have been like the best thing I could have done for my career is to be like, no, I'm not shaving. Fuck your gender norms. Like this show is supposed to be about breaking gender norms and you want me to shave? Why? Mm. Um, so they probably were pretty aware that that was not something that they wanted to tackle. And I get I do sometimes get people's point, like especially if I'm doing like a female character. I think Graham said once that like it kind of took me out of the out of the character seeing your hairy chest. But like it takes quite a big suspension of disbelief to 
pretend any of us are women anyway. So like, I don't really see how the hairy chest is hurting it that much. One thing I did do, stop doing after seeing myself on the show is stop painting in cleavage into my into my chest hair because I just decided, you know, it's either one or the other. It shouldn't. It's not both. It would be really difficult. I don't know if you ever watched like America's Next Top Model back in the day when everyone was told to like cut their hair off and change it, and there was a lot of pressure put onto people. And now that's getting a lot of backlash about how you're trying to change people mm. and put this pressure to fit into something. Wasn't there a girl that they widened the gap in her teeth? She had a gap in her teeth and they told her to close the gap. And she was like, um, I think the gap is part of my um, aesthetic, part of my niche. And that what stands out. And then she said she's not going to close the gap. She narrowed it slightly, but she was like, I'm oh, not she narrowed. Gap. She narrowed the gap, yeah, not yeah. widened the gap. Someone was telling me about it. And I do remember it vaguely from watching it the first time around. But I was imagining Tyra there with a tooth file, like <laughs> just getting in there, widening it. Oh, God. Yeah, Tyra. Oh, do you know what? That might have been the later seasons because the one I'm talking about is like an early season. I used to watch it religiously growing up. Yeah, me too. Like... No, I'm, I'm, I'm also. T- that's the what I'm. I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of the same thing as you. Yeah, there was a woman called Danielle, and she ended up winning. And then, um, yeah, she had a gap. But it, it may have happened later on in late seasons. They probably had it, but I never watched it. What was it. her surname? Oh no, I'm thinking of Pigford. That's Eva. Eva. Oh, she was good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she was amazing. No, that show it. was so amazing. What have you seen recently about what um, like all of the backlash? But Jay Manuel's got his own little Instagram live. You know, when we went to lockdown, Instagram live, everyone was it. And then they're just tearing Tyra apart. Really? Yeah, they are. And she, like, I don't even know if her career will be able to, like, come back from everything that has happened so far. And then um, there's this Mr. J has been tearing her apart. Mr. J, and not so much Mr. J himself, although he's written a book and it's got a cover that looks like The Devil Wears Prada. And, it's, and it talks about Tyra being basically like the devil wears prada the evil beach kind of person and he wrote a book and selling it and then he's getting he got a load of people from the show to basically tell us what had happened and they come on and they say tyra made me do this or the show made me do that and then it's just like he's like well they said it not me wow i mean it, it was the wild west of reality tv wasn't it like mm. there was no rules and like you think back to like big brother here too like people having clear mental health crises crises and mm. it just being like the whole country mocking them. I would like to think that that wouldn't happen anymore. Well, I, th- I think it's quite interesting, actually, because are you watching this season currently in the UK? Drag Race. Yeah, Drag Race, sorry. Yeah, oh, American yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I hate Drag Race. I never watch it. Yeah, no. Of course I have. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the impacts of that, of being like on a reality TV show, and then, you know, the impacts of that coming up, because I feel like more so this season, and maybe I'm just more aware of it, people seem to be more open about the challenges they're having. And this was even before... Um, they had to break for the coronavirus. So we had Estina Mandela on a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sister Sis had spoken about it. And obviously Ginny Lemon had sort of walked out. What is it like on you under that pressure and the environment on your mental health and well-being, do you think? Yeah, it's definitely like the hardest thing I've ever done. And I think the main reason it's difficult is because you're so isolated. You don't have a phone and you're sequestered in a hotel room when you're not filming. And you're not really allowed to talk to each other when you're not filming. So it's only when the cameras are on that you're allowed to have conversations. And then even then, the conversations like, you know, you're busy. You're you're filming the show. You've got challenges. You've got makeup to do. Like, you never really get a chance to just, like, talk to anyone about how you're finding the experience or what's hard. Or just have, like, the real chats of, like, I'm freaking out. Or I think this person's going to win and, like, I'm here and it's, like, my days are numbered. Or just, you know, all of the anxieties that in any normal situation, you'd have a chance to chat about. You can't really do that. You can't really process. Like, I remember after we shot the Snatch Game episode, like the second the camera stopped rolling on the Snatch Game stage, we cut, we wrapped for the day. So we weren't allowed to talk to each other after that. They wanted us to save it for the next day. So I came off being like, fuck, I bombed. I could really use to like talk about this with someone. And I wasn't allowed to. So I just like, I remember just getting in the taxi and just crying, but like no one was allowed to talk to me or like comfort me or, you know, it's just, it's quite, yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's intense. But like that formula ends up making for really good TV. And I think the thing is, I didn't know what I was in for. And I wish that I had spoken to a few more queens before I went in to be like, what's it actually like? Because I thought I knew. But I didn't know. And I think, like, if you do know, you can kind of mentally prepare yourself for that and just not be so surprised. But I was, like, I was surprised by it and kind of uh, angry about it, I guess, or a bit, um, yeah, I was angry when I was there. I was like, why won't you let me talk to anyone? This is inhuman. But Mm -hmm. I do get it now, looking back. 
That's interesting. Do you think there could be an outlet in some way? If it's not, I mean, it should be the other queens because you're all going through a similar experience. But yeah, yeah. But the tricky thing with that is that you're also in competition. So yeah, and and I think that like clicks form pretty quickly on Drag Race, and you can you can see it every season. And unless you kind of find your person that you mesh well with, like you can still feel quite isolated even within the cast. And I just think that. Because I was one of the older queens, and just where I ended up having ha- happening to sit, and just like my personality type, like I'm I'm quite reserved in group settings unless unless I know people quite well, mm. which is not necessarily a great attribute for reality TV. So I don't know. It was like a combination of things that I found it I found it like a really tricky thing. But mm. some people go on there and thrive, and it's just it's just a question of personality types, I think. Yeah, I mean it is, and there was there were some big personalities in, in your season as well. I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, somebody like and and I'm the kind of person that if I see two or three people shouting to get the attention, I'm I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't fancy adding to that. <laughs> I would rather like the attention land on me naturally than like fight my way for camera time, and that is also like a really terrible attribute for reality tv (laughs) like it's not the way to stand out on a tv show but um i think it it also maybe makes you less of a an asshole (laughs) yeah i think it might stand you good in like the long term as opposed to the short term though in some way because you know then you can start carving out your niche but if you go hell for leather and that's your personality to be at the top in those areas then it you might think that that's actually the same in real life, but in a reality, in a competition, you need to fight for that. But maybe in real life, it's that slower troll where you put yourself in the right positions, potentially. Yeah, for sure. And like, you definitely get see queens who get a backlash because they're too far the other way. So like, if you think about Silky Ganache or um, Candy Muse is getting it this season, like people are can sometimes get really put off because they think someone's trying too hard or they're too mouthy. So mm. it's very hard to get that balance right. My my mum is a, a is a, a recent convert into drag race, um, and she <laughs> likes to tell me everyone who she thinks is is annoying. So um, <laughs> yeah, mums yeah, do not hold back. <laughs> <laughs> um, mums do not hold back. Well, I remember, yeah, and I remember a friend of mine, like right after I filmed Drag Race, and I was like, it was before it came out, and I didn't know what it was going to be like, and blah, 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 like everyone knew I was on it, and and season. I guess it probably was season 11 was out in the US. And yeah, it was Silky Nash. And someone was like, oh, I just can't stand Silky. Like, they drive me insane. I, I hate them. And I'm like, how can you say that to me knowing, like, I've just filmed this? And she's like, well, you, no one's going to hate you. I'm like, well, someone might. And it will be just as arbitrary. And it's it's people forget that these aren't characters that people are playing. They're real mm-hmm. people. And it's just like, just, I don't know, be kind. They're putting on a show for you at the end of the yeah. day. Like you're getting, you're getting free entertainment. So if you don't like it, just move on. Having now watched your season, how do you think you, your personality came across? Are you happy with how the editing, because obviously that's a, could be a big twist in some things, but are you happy with what was portrayed? I think that like, I definitely could have given them more like it, it with hindsight. Like I wish that I had been a bit more outgoing and, pushed myself a bit harder and all of that stuff. But um, I think that the edit is is pretty fair. Like, mm. they can't make you say anything you didn't say. They do just... Yeah, it probably drives the narrative, but as you say, like, you say nice things, you are a nice person. I feel like, is it a trait of Canadians just in general? Because we've got to play... On a, so we play for a rugby team called the Kings Cross Steelers, and it's a gay rugby team. And someone mm-hmm. from your season, so something Wong, used to be a member of that rugby team. Oh, cute. Um, and we've got someone called Jacob, and he's Canadian. And when you came onto the show, we immediately was like, oh, my God, Jacob, you were on the show. You were exactly like him. Canadian, <laughs> sweet, the nicest person in the world. And I feel like, is that something that you feel is inherent with just where you're from? Yeah, Canadians are nice. It's true. <laughs> and, like, there's that thing, I think, in Britain where people put politeness before, like, niceness, I think, or politeness is interpreted as ni- niceness. People want to stay out of each other's way in Britain and respect people's boundaries and um, just be polite. And that can end up being a bit standoffish, I think. Whereas Canadians, I think, tend to be a bit more like, like you'll be walking down the street and people will tell you, stop you to tell you they like your shoes. Cause, mm. And like that doesn't happen in the UK because people are too much like boxed into their own little worlds, I think. Mm. It's the same in America. Like, I think it's the same kind of vibe. 
you've been here for such a long time though. What are some of the biggest difference? What have you started taking on some of these Londonisms or these UKisms that you just think your family are like, mm, you need to stop? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think I can tell anymore. And sometimes I don't know what, like, I just don't know what the British word is versus the North American word. Like, I just can't, I can't. Sometimes I can't think of the right word and I don't even know which country I'm in. And like, I'll go home and people say, you sound British. And I'm here and people say, I sound Canadian. So I'm just, I think I'm just kind of stuck somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same people, because I'm from Ireland originally. So people think I sound English when I go home, but I sound, I still sound Irish here. So I'm stuck Yeah, in the actually middle. now, now you're saying that I can hear it, but I didn't notice it at first. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess I thought you sounded English, but... I'm also just terrible. Like, I don't hear, I just don't hear accents anymore. Like, I can be talking to someone for an hour and then suddenly be like, oh, you're also Canadian, aren't you? Like, I I didn't even notice. So we want to talk a little bit about your podcast that's come out recently. Um, And Mm -hmm. we spoke about it just before because we started listening to it. So you only just started it a few episodes in. Um, Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so it's called The Things That Made Me Queer. And it's basically like the unauthorized Desert Island Discs spinoff. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what Ash said. Ash, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the initial idea was that I wanted to do a gay Desert Island Discs kind of thing, which was going to be like the soundtrack of your gay life. But turns out it's quite difficult to get music rights for podcasts. Um, so I went back to the drawing board and decided it would be more about items that shaped your queer experience and it could be across different kinds of media and I actually think it ended up being better for that because it gives you a few more like ways of chatting to someone and you don't just need to talk about the music because mm. music's great but you know there's other things as well um so yeah we talk about uh, each each guest every week brings a person a place um some music a film or tv show and a wild card and um we use them to talk about like their queer journey from childhood to adolescence to kind of modern day it is a it's a super cute um podcast like matt said we i listen matt told me about it just this week and i listened to it a couple of episodes and it's easily the format the topic the content it's just so easy to get immersed in because you sit and think about it and like matt and i you know sat and th- we're thinking now like what areas what areas of my childhood made me queer <laughs> like, mm. what is it what is it um, and it's just nice to always, I think, obviously, for me personally, it's always nice to sit, go down, sit and go down memory lane and think of the yeah. nostalgia of all the things. Well, when you're a drag performer, you're constantly kind of mining those experiences um, for drag characters or for performances or for looks. Um, so I'm con- I'm kind of constantly thinking about that stuff for myself. And uh, it's just really interesting to hear those things from other people, too. And it's not just drag queens that do it but maybe drag queens have to think about it a little bit more often. But yeah, every queer mm. person has those defining moments that are like, oh, I think that man is hot. Oh, or like, I'm just thinking of one right now. Like I used to deliver newspapers and I remember like on Saturdays, there would be like a, a Sears catalog, like in the thing. And I would like flip to the underwear section as like, oh, <laughs> as I was delivering the newspaper. Yeah. Just like things like that. Um, and they can be wrapped up in like shameful memories or like excitement or yeah, lust or all sorts of things. So it's really fascinating. It's like, it's like, um, unauthorized self-help. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It really delves into those things. Cause you may not think about it now that you said about like the underwear and stuff. And I remember I did, we did work experience and for jobs and i remember working in a retail shop and there was underwear there and i'd be like just walking up and down the same aisle all the time being like yeah yeah (laughs) totally or you're like you're at you're at the i don't know the walmart whatever it was called then with your mum, and like you're like i'm just gonna go look at the clothes i'm at the like at the toys and you're like happen to go through the underwear aisle on your way there It's so good. Oh, I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the things, would you say then, like, have shaped you as a person? What are some of the things that made you queer? Well, as a kid, I was really into, like, fantasy and sci-fi. I still am, actually. And um, so those were kind of, like, the worlds that I would escape to when, to know if I was lonely or feeling weird. So those the characters from those sorts of things are really yeah really shaped definitely my drag but 
my interests going forward. So it's like it's like witches and Bond femme fatales and sexy sorceresses and superheroes and all that kind of stuff. Like the X Men, for example, are were a huge a huge thing for me um, because the women were so like hot and powerful and in control, but then also like all of the drawing was so porny, especially yeah. in the nineties. <laughs> so you, it's like, you've got like hot guys and like really cool women. And it's just like, and the the whole thing is an allegory for being different. So um, yeah. it's amazing. I was obsessed with rogue obsessed yeah. with cartoon rogue. I was like, you could do anything except so good anything. for me it was gene gray for me but like i totally get the rogue thing too mm. for some reason i really like jubilee and i have no idea what <laughs> she's so weird no one ever but says that was that. my jam i don't know why i was like i really want to do like fireworks and shit and i was like what <laughs> why do i like this <laughs> <laughs> um i mean jubilee very important for a- asian representation but um she's i don't think she's like yeah she's not exactly like no, she's dead. The coolest. <laughs> Here's some light. What Here's it... some light. Are you watching WandaVision? Yes, it's so good. Have you what oh, do you my... think of the obviously the 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 bringing in the X Men Petrov into obviously this world is I, I love I it. Creamed myself when he came to the door. Yeah, like, it's so ah. fun. And I've avoided I've I've been pretty good about avoiding spoilers for it so i'm just pleasantly surprised whenever it happens i feel like every episode it it like changes the game a little bit so it's nice because i feel constantly on my toes and i'm really enjoying like the speculation of like who's behind it all like Mm. who's actually the baddie how much of it is her like yeah it's really fun it's really good tv um and the comics that it's based on uh, I don't know if you've read them, but it's this arc called Avengers Disassembled and then House of M. And Wanda basically has a psychotic break and kills a bunch of the Avengers and then creates like an alternate universe. But she's like, despite it all being like about her, she has a very passive role in the comics. Like she's basically just like this woman crying in the dark who's like, <laughs> I can't take it. Ah! And like she she's in like three panels over like all of these issues. And every time she's crying and she's basically just like can't handle it. Um, so it's really nice to see like they've given her a really active role but I, I yeah. yeah I hope that they don't end up it just being like oh women are crazy what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah, yeah I hope yeah, that's yeah. not I hope that's not the the final takeaway yeah hopefully not <laughs> I mean she did lose the love of her life and her brother but um, she's, yeah well she's had <laughs> if angry. anyone has yeah if anyone has the right to go a bit off the deep end it's probably someone who's like country was destroyed parents killed brother killed has partner killed it's probably fair enough yeah. <laughs> it is good but I'm it's just it is it just annoying that it's always like the women who can't take it you know what i mean did you guys watch it's a sin yes yeah. yes we did yeah. yeah i think that's one of my few criticisms of the show is that the female character in it she didn't have jill. a lot to do yeah jill didn't have a lot to do besides support the men yeah. and like i that was really important to show that because it was women who took care of gay men during the HIV AIDS crisis but it like she didn't have a lot of life outside of that I guess it, it almost was like I remember thinking watching it thinking she lived her life for the gay men that she lived with mm. um yeah like she had no like I mean she was uh, we we left thinking oh we all need a Jill in our lives because she was such a beautiful, wonderful character. And I think one of my favorite characters in the series, but you're right. Like she didn't have a life outside what the game in. And it was, yeah, Yeah, we, we, we could probably all use a Jill in our lives, but I'm not sure anyone deserves one because no, it's a bit, it's a bit like, selfish to have that's very true that's very true she was devoted (laughs) to you'd think that she was chased by the way that they did it because i was like even if she did support the gay men there would be like an overall motivation as to why she would be like that did she have struggles Mm. with if she wanted a relationship or boys or anything like that or didn't feel comfortable in outside the situation but yeah Mm. they really didn't explore her especially when she ended up being really the the main focus especially towards the end yeah i don't know there's a story there that needs to be told but i also get like not every story can be about everything and you know the story was about how gay men were affected by the hiv aids crisis so i guess Mm. you know it can't not every show can do everything but and 
I really don't want to pick that show apart because I think it was basically perfect. It was brilliant. Yeah. I have my critiques. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually wanted to ask about, because we spoke about this. So we've been doing this podcast for a few years now. And when we first began, um, we didn't necessarily use the word queer regularly and we and it came up a couple of times from people that listened being like oh that's not a good word or this and that and at the beginning of some of your podcasts and um, you talk about the use of that word and reclaiming that word so in particular about queer but also about reclaiming words what are your thoughts behind it well i think that lgbtqia plus sounds very unsexy so that's problem one and, and i think that problem is solved by having a really nice umbrella term and i think queer does that for me because it's it kind of encompasses all of it um, it's how I've described myself for like the last, probably last 10 years. It's It's been the word that made sense for me. But I get that I'm coming from a really North American point of view where that word wasn't weaponized in the same way. But you know, if you are a queer person or a gay person, you've had every word used against you already. And like, people can call you gay with just as much hate as they can call you fag or queer and no one's gonna say we can't use the word gay because it's been used against us and the point and the, the fact is that gay was also a slur before before people reclaimed it themselves like in the hundred years ago gay was a pejorative used by straight people about gay people and that word was eventually reclaimed and and then it became actually the standard of what we use so language evolves and I'm not going to force anyone to describe themselves in, in any way that they don't want to. I think everyone has the right to self-determine. I'm just using the word that feels right for me. And um, if you're ever not sure about what to call someone, just just ask. Mm. And they'll tell you. And, and then respect that. So I'm not going to call anyone queer that doesn't want me to. I don't know. What do you guys well think? Well, we when we first started recording, I was very much against the word queer. Um, I'm not, I think you took a bit more of a liberal feeling to it, didn't you? I was straight in with it. Like I was like, oh no, I completely get it. And also, LGBTQIA is just too much. I get it, and I think all of the words. And because I went to an event that was QTIPOC, and I was like, shit. and i was like oh god all right so at least cutie park you can say like cutie park and it kind of works do you think that works (laughs) it's better than lgbtqia plus yeah yeah absolutely um so i i'm and because growing up and you know maybe my age or my environment queer wasn't a word that i very much heard as i heard gay more than queer as a as an attack on someone be fair Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me queer was fine i just never really used it that much but when people had sort of i I did think about it but i thought no i I think it's it's the word that makes sense to me 100 percent. and i and i've warmed to it i i I use it now in the context that you you guys use it in and it doesn't bother me i don't know why it did and obviously there could be hundreds of reasons why it did but um will not make us a therapy session but it it (laughs) is um it is a word that is I can now feel comfortable saying and you know hearing you use it at the start of your podcast and um that little sort of i don't know a little asterisk and just say the reason why you say it it makes total sense and as you just like very articulately just said there right now it's um other words have been used and we don't ban them or don't look at them in the same light so yeah it just you're right i think as language evolves we should be evolving with it to use it in whatever way we feel comfortable doing totally and like you know, if a friend calls me fag, like I'm absolutely fine with that too. So it just goes to show that like intent can really be very important when it comes to language. And mm. yeah, you, the thing is, you can't make everyone happy, and and um, there's going to be something that triggers anyone when you listen to a show about queer identities and journeys. Mm. Like, and there's always there's always going to be something, but I don't. You know, I don't feel the need to do a disclaimer being like, yeah, this person talked about being bullied as a child because it's a, like a pretty universal experience as a gay person. And and even though it might be up, kind of upsetting to hear about, we're not going to say we shouldn't talk about that. And I guess I kind of see reclaiming in the same sort of frame. But yeah, I get it. It's not, it's not easy. It's not straightforward. No, I, I, I also had people, I had someone tell me that they thought I was 
giving homophobes ammunition by saying the things that made me queer as though um, mm. it, it was not self-evident that, you know, kind of nothing makes you queer and it's actually talking more about the things that helped you understand it. Um, but they were like, well, the title is misleading and homophobes will use that against us saying that things can make you gay or make you not gay. If a homophobe wants to find an issue with my podcast, they're going to find one. But like, yeah. I can't I can't make a podcast for the homophobes. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck to you if you're trying to please everyone that way. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And then I think in one of your podcasts, you do say just as a, an aside, I understand that it's inherent and we believe that we're born away and we learn about ourselves. But I get what you're saying. You know, there are still things that influence us, uh, allow us to be who we want to be and we resonate with. So 100%. So, well, I think we've talked about quite a lot. And uh, Ash, unless you want to mention anything, I think this would be a good time to go into some of the things that we can talk about. At the end of your podcast, you talk about, is this queer, isn't it? And what's the actual title of it, would you say? But is it queer? But is it queer? And so we need to decide, are these things helping people make them queer? So we've got a few things and hopefully we can decide between us and yourselves. But is it queer? Okay. Oh, I, I'm finally on the receiving end of the game. Yeah. It's ready. so interesting. I, I, I feel like I had a thousand lists, but some I'm like, this is obviously queer. But then I don't know. I don't know. Like, okay. It's got to be on. It's got to be in that sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do a couple of them. I'm going to do one. Then Ash will do one. Then I'll do one just so we can flip it up a little bit. Um, OK, great. All right. I'm ready. So, the first one I have is candles. Are candles queer? <laughs> uh, it depends. Yankee, Yankee, what are they called? Yankee, Yankee candles? candles yeah. Not queer. Not queer. No. Artisanal, made by a witchy lesbian, bought at a flea market? Queer. Okay. And then something like an Aesop or like a Lulabo candle on the fence. Do you think price is a factor into whether a candle's queer or not? No, because you could... Uh, I think you could get an expensive candle that was queer, and I think you could also get a cheap candle that was queer. And I don't think... Like, Joe Malone, not queer. But that's... You think... Well, you're, you're giving me a look. You think a Joe Malone candle's queer. I do, I do. I think it's very chic. <laughs> I think it's very, like... You know, it smells beautiful. It is extravagant. I, I do. Why don't you think it's queer? I don't know. I just think when something goes John Lewis, it can't be queer. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh my god, big brand, big brand's not queer. But, oh but the gays love John Lewis. Yeah! But that doesn't mean that it's queer. Okay. Oh, I'm so confused. So maybe what I'll. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe what we'll, maybe what we'll have to say is candles are definitely gay, but I'm not sure they're queer. I'm curious because I would have thought. Um, <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> Why Don't try and unpack it too much or it won't make sense. Oh, okay. I just would have thought. Yankee candles are just I don't understand you both were like no, Yankee, Yankee candles, candles are not I'll tell you Yankee candles what? What? I'll tell you what okay <laughs> therefore women who are getting them on sale at the outlet mall okay and that is where Yankee candles come from or Groupon and that is not quick okay that's bargain hunting mother aspiring mother in my opinion I don't think Yankee candles and they're far too generic far too generic I think basically what this all boils down to is I'm a classist um a capitalist <laughs> snob and that's really what it is. It's just me putting my like basic filter onto things. My 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 one was Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Oh, so queer. So Matt doesn't, queer. Matt won't get this. But. I don't do films. I do, don't do films. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a blanket statement. <laughs> I can't. I fall asleep. I fall asleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Jeff Blo Jeff Goldblum is fully, fully queer. Um, queer icon, he's a hot daddy, and um, he's got that, like, gay sensibility because he's a bit, a bit sassy. It's the shirtless scene, isn't it? It's the shirtless scene where he's lying. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's very queer. And then doesn't he, is it the second one or the third one that he comes back with his, like, adopted daughter and she's like a gymnast it's the second one yeah having an adopted gymnast daughter is also very queer in my books <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Right. that's fair that's fair <laughs> okay <laughs> um the next one i have and i'm not too sure about this are ankle socks Ooh. um depends on the shoe the shoe yeah like trying to think like i think like a frilly ankle sock coming out of a um, like a Doc Martin, very queer. Mm -hmm. 
But like a sports ankle sock in a trainer. Not, not so sure. I think I'm too gay. And that's what I'm thinking about now because we're pretty much like, I've got my rugby guys and my friends and stuff. And I don't have, because I'm like, I thought ankle socks were really queer. But they're not, well, they're what does, an an, what does an ankle sock mean to you? It's a sock that ends just below the ankle and so people can expose their ankles with their high, ang- like, you know, those calf showing trousers. Right, I see. So we're talking about like when you've got your chinos rolled up and you're wearing some boat shoes. And basically, those are two red flags right there, babes. I've said I've said chinos and I've said boat shoes. <laughs> okay. So nothing else that follows is going to be queer, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is a lesson. Oh, <laughs> a lesson right. in judgmental. <laughs> I'm really bad at this game, I think, because mine. I think mine are very obviously queer, and I. I was gonna say plushies next. You know, the little soft toys. Like a like a stuffed animal. Like what you? Yeah. Put on. Oh, those are wigs. I thought they were teddy bears at the back of your. I I thought they were plushies, <laughs> I they were and teddy that's why. Bears, I... But now they're wigs, aren't they? Wigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna change it because I thought they were plushies. I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll I'll say it. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know. I guess so because I feel like it can be it can be kind of sexualized. And like maybe if you're into like baby role play and stuff, maybe you could make a plushie pretty queer. And then you get into like furry territory. So I guess maybe all of those things are queer. But then like hard to keep clean though. Yeah, and also, also like if you went home with someone and they had a stuffed teddy bear on their bed, you would leave because you'd think serial killer. So well, that's there's not that very s- queer. There's that scene in Love Actually where Lord Linley brings the hot guy back from the office on, after the Christmas thing. And- She's like, come up in five seconds, and she up and she like hides all the toys. <laughs> um, Very that, but also again, we've we've mentioned love actually, so that means nothing we say here on out can be queer. Spoiled it. Spoiled love it. actually can't be queer. I mean, there is no queer story. No, it's yeah. the worst movie ever. All right. Well, you well, well. <laughs> did you know that there is an untold story in Love Actually, which is a lesbian story, but they cut it out because it didn't make sense. So then. It didn't make sense to, to them. them. Yeah, they so, needed to focus on their like rapey man filming his friend, or their cheating husband, or their slut shaming of the secretary, or the oh poor sad mum with the Joni Why are you Mitchell, ruining my favorite? I love this the, film so much. Or the or the rapey prime minister, or the fat shaming. They had too many things that good stuff they needed to keep. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right. Crystal, I'll never watch it again. I promise. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I'll never. <laughs> you need. To, there's um, I think it's Lindy West has an article called "I'm Here to Ruin Love Actually for You," and I I've will send that. it to yeah. you guys after this because I think you, well, I, it's time for you to open your eyes and realize you're living in the Matrix. You did a pretty good job <laughs> of ruining it for us there. <laughs> right. um, I'm just here to ruin everything you love. All right, this one will be interesting, and I think we'll have different opinions. I'll do one more, but I'm really interested to see what you think because you've ruined everything else already. Thank you. <laughs> but you like these. So, mullets, are they queer? Mullets are still queer. I don't... Yes, mullets are still queer, but the clock is ticking on mullets. I think they've got a couple years left. You know, Miley's... So the gays, the gays brought them back, and then now Miley's got a mullet. We've seen Gaga with a mullet. It's only a matter of time until there are mullets in our high schools, and then they will officially no longer be queer. Well, one of the most masculine, straighty things that we like to watch is rugby in Six Nations, and then a few players there have mullets, and they're horrific. Mmm, that's interesting, because you can kind of do a Euro mullet, can't you? What's a Euro mullet? Like, I can picture, like, a a Spanish football player, for example, like, Uh. like, quite... Quite close. I don't know. I see. Quite, quite oiled up. I think it's because they That's... just straight people have natural grease, I guess, on their, their hair and their face. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, so I'd say mullets, currently queer, but we're, we've got our eye on you. Do you think there's anything we need to do <laughs> to make sure it doesn't come away from us? No, it's a natural, it's, it's the natural life and death cycle. Oh. Things can't be queer forever. That's good. That's good. Except except anal. I I was going to have that on the list because I didn't think that was. (laughs) And I was like, no, that's too obviously not. It's not. 
You don't think anal's queer? I don't. I don't. I think that has been taken away from us a long time ago. True. I think that the straights will forever try, but they can never really have it. They can't master it. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I think that's it for our podcast today with Crystal. Yeah, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank, thank you. you very much. Sorry, I should go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's um, it's been a real life lesson as well as disappointment because you've been. <laughs> Um, so That's, uh, I aim to please. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for lovely another episode, and have a lovely week, Ash. Have a lovely week, Crystal. Have a lovely week, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Ashley. What a lovely, lovely, lovely person and conversation. We covered so much. I felt like. Yeah, it was good. We covered shitloads. Um, I have to say, like I, I think I said it before, I said it during, I'll say it now again after. Do list, go listen to that podcast because it is, it's funny, it's interesting, it's camp. I love this. I love, I love the opening music. I've listened to it nonstop since. Um, great, great track. The thing I'm most um, disappointed by is the fact that for me, first it was Michael Jackson, then it was R. Kelly, and now if I come into Limroom and Love Actually's on, I'm gonna have to leave. I can't watch it. Because yeah. we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to watch that film now, Ma. It's Christmas cancelled. I, lo- I do like that film, you know. <laughs> I, I love that, that film. <laughs> I might have to look, watch it low-key and just pretend I don't watch it. Sorry, Crystal. Just on your own. No one around. Mom, don't come in. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm wanking. <laughs> don't come in. <laughs> um, yeah. But then Ash and I said, we'll have a little conversation. We had a thought about this. I certainly did while listening to the podcast because I was like, you know, as people in general, but also queer people, there are things I feel like that highlight our development and help us build who we are um and i thought we might share a little bit about what makes us queer yeah (laughs) should i go first yeah so yeah yeah you go first well i was thinking about this a lot because obviously like the king's Steelers is something that's been massive to me because i just came out to my mum and i went and joined the rugby club but there was a person in particular that i wanted to highlight because we talk about the five areas on um the podcast what makes us queer or you know makes me queer and so i'm going to like talk about a person in particular um and this person who you may know as well is called ollie swanton and when i joined i was a young little gay 21 mask as fuck had never really known many gay people and then we just gravitated towards each other and what's so interesting is i don't know if you there's i think i'm this for you but i might be wrong but there's someone that just allows you to have that little bit of extra flair, that little bit of flavor mm-hmm. and it for, to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he was that person. Every time we came together, we were just cackling. And he's, I wouldn't describe him as camp personally. I would just describe him as him. He yeah. is Ollie. He will be um, boisterous, loud, funny, sad, whatever he wants to. And he just, he just was. And I just remember thinking, I absolutely love way that he is and every time we came together i just came to life and it really felt like authentic to me i felt like it was okay to be non-mask um you know and embrace my femininity he wasn't necessarily like that but that's what i took from it and now um i would you know i proudly wear my femininity on my arms as much as possible and say okay you know i can be a little bit sassy i can be a little bit that um and it's really important because i went to a wedding with him and my mum right to my friend's Mm -hmm. wedding and my mum had never met him and me and my mum didn't have a great relationship because, you know, she didn't necessarily agree with um, what was deemed as my lifestyle choice at the time. And it didn't go very well. But I invited her to this wedding that I was going to and Ollie came. And she loved Ollie. He's one of those people that everybody just loves and just gravitates towards. And you can't dislike him because he's just such a fun person. And I feel like from that point onwards, my mum kind of understood the mannerisms that I was adopting from that point onwards. And the little bit of talk and head neck roll and shit that he used to do because he's he was such a wonderful person and he was so nice and so kind you know a bit rude about someone at the table but in a funny way and my mum just absolutely adored it and I feel like that really helped bridge the gap of what I thought my mum's idea was of who I was going to be and what I actually was at that time and, and going forward so Ollie Swanton shout out to you um he's definitely the person that was just like my inspiration he allowed me the space to be who i wants to be and really helped me accept who i am and the parts that i was becoming so yeah i absolutely love him and he's one of those friends that uh, we don't speak that much but you know when you go away we might not speak for like two years come back straight back into it straight back into it you know not i was gonna say not beat miss not skip beat skipped i don't know what the word is 
I don't know. I don't know. We're not a beat skipped. Not Art's skipped not skipped a beat. Yeah, but yeah, we just get straight back into it, no matter when, and um, I love him for it. Oh, well, you would 100% be that person for me. I think whenever you and I became very friendly way back when, um, I think a lot of people noticed a change in me. Um, I was just a happier person. Um, and that's you. So you would be my person on that list, to be honest. Um, but I wasn't... I, so, okay, I did it... I was doing it very serious, and I thought, well... So in the, in the podcast, I asked for a person, a film, TV, some music, um, a place, and a wild card. So I'm going to go... I'm, I'm going to go down the wild card. Um, and I was thinking about this, and it's... it's I don't know. I'll say it, and you can be like, what the fuck? It probably suits better for that segment we did with Crystal. Is this gay or is this queer? Um, but do you remember the sweets, refresher bars? Yeah. That is my wild card, the thing that made me queer. I just think sherbet, sherbet is like the unicorns of the sweet world. Like, it's sweet, it's, you know, tart. You chew that, you chew that, um, you break off that refresher and you get that mouthful of dust and you gag and, and it's just got me yeah, to practice in. Yeah, I love those sweets. <laughs> They're definitely gay sweets. Queer sweets. Okay. Refreshers, fair enough. I didn't think you were going to go there. What did you think I was going to do? Something um, emotional or real. (laughs) (laughs) Me? From me? Um, Yeah, yeah. But fair enough. Yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I was going to talk about um, place being Leeds and where I came out, but I thought that's just boring. Um, So we'll go a bit bit left wing and go refresher bars. Ashley, thank you very much. Thank you. Guys... Make sure you check out Monday. We'll have Jordan back on the podcast for a little bit of Agony Ash. But um, for now, let's cause it a wrap. Let's finish it up. Boop, 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 boop. Have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the Six Nations. Oh, well, there's no point anymore. Not for you. No. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.